Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menounos. Hey, Hill Squad. Happy Thursday, or should I say throwback Thursday. You guys suggested it, and it worked really well this summer, this whole throwback Thursday thing. So we think we're going to stick with it. Kevin really liked the idea. Kelsey confirmed the idea. She said you guys really, really loved it. Yep. So if this is your first time listening to this episode, you are in for a treat. If this is your second time around, I hope you learned something different this time around. Um, there's always some new nugget that I grab if I listen to something more than once. So tune into these Throwback Thursdays for weeks to come. I know you guys are going to learn something new every time. And it is a lot to consume, right? We have a very thick library. So I think that, um, you know, you have to hear something more than once. If someone has to teach you, they get to drill it into you a couple of times. So we're going to pick the best episodes to do this with every Thursday for you. And I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That is what we do here every day. And our quote of the day, beliefs are hidden scripts that run our lives. And that's from Marie Forleo, who wrote this beautiful book. By the way, it's one of my favorite covers I've seen in a long time. Everything is figureoutable. And we are going to be chatting with her today. She is a thought leader, New York Times bestselling author, and she is the solution queen, which is funny because I've always called myself the solution queen just on the download. No big deal. Um, I think that Marie and I are going to have such a great conversation. We have a lot in common. Your kindred spirits. I really think we are. I know. No, it's I agree. It's crazy. When I was reading her book, I'm like, I said that. Oh my God, I did that. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I was like getting, getting whiplash, right? Um, I think you guys are going to love her. If you have not been exposed to Marie Forleo at this point, um, you might be living under a rock, but we're going to change that today. And she is going to help change your life in the course of just this 45 minute conversation, probably that we're going to have today. Uh, but before we get to that, um, she's kind of like, like a mix between so many different kind of like gurus and life coaches and stuff. So mm -hmm. I think that, uh, I think this is going to be really beneficial for all of us. I've, I've marked some very important things down that I want to get to that. She definitely um, is like in the club, you know, like Glennon has a oh, quote yeah. on the back of her book, Rachel Hollis. It's all kind of, it's just an inev inevitable booking that Wait, she would be on our show. Her book has, I was reading who endorsed her book and mm -hmm. it's everyone we've had on the show, but it's really like everyone everyone that is in this space that's the top of the top, whether it's Elizabeth Gilbert or Brene Brown or Tony Robbins, Gabby Bernstein. Um, Sophia Amoruso, Tony everybody, Robbins, um, even, Glennon. Oh, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch, which I love. <laughs> I love that. Anyhow. She's, yeah, it's um, going to be good. It's pretty awesome. So I think, uh, I think we're going to learn a lot from her. Before we get to that, guys, I'm festive as F. Mm. 
This shirt's helping me get in the That's right, you are. Um, I am very, very excited because I slept again last night with the help of those little CBD gummies. Good. I'm glad. I needed a little assistance, right? Because when you don't sleep for so long and you're in such high-stress situations, sometimes you need a little assistance to get back to your baseline and what was what were those gummies called? They're alt well. They're alt well. Okay. So and many people have DM'd and keep DMing. I'll send you guys the link. They're doing a if you buy three, you get thirty percent off right now mm. before the mm. end of the year. So we should see if they'll do an affiliate link on our website. Yeah, I will get in touch because it's Karina's. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Check in with them. I will. Um, but anyway, it's been helping me a lot. So I take just enough to just be able to like fall asleep. It's like half of a, not even half, like a. Almost a half of a gummy. And a skosh, been, as they say. A skosh. And then I just coast. Do you take the regular it. ones or the mel- ones with melatonin? The one with the melatonin. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm having at night. And so it's been really helpful. So good. Um, I did see Jupiter and Saturn last night. Oh, yeah. So uh, I was sitting on the balcony last night and I saw, you know, these two dots in the sky that were super close. So I just assume yeah, that's Jupiter and Saturn. I thought that was pretty awesome. But then as I'm sitting there and I'm talking to uh, Kevin, I see a shooting star go by. Wow. And I was like, oh my God. And so you know what I obviously wished for, but every time I wish on a shooting star, it comes true. So yes, Christmas miracle. Let's get to this. Yes. It's time. It's we need time. some miracles in 2020. Yeah, we, we need do. some miracles. Well, you know, it's funny. I feel like we're always too scared to ask for it. Um, I think that's a, like a really important discussion to have. We can have it in a microwave right now, but I know when I'm praying, I'm always asking like for healing and help her get better, help my dad get better. But there's this reluctance to ask for something too big, right? Like almost like I'm asking for too much. And I think with the help of Patty Penn, who's been a guest on the show many times, I realized that I kind of have to be a little bit more bold, even with God. And so mm-hmm. I've been asking for a Christmas miracle. And the way I ask for it is I say, Anita Morjani got a miracle. Anita Morjani, if you listen back to the episodes we did with her, I mean, she was like 80 pounds and literally being read her last rites. Cancer was spread through her whole body. If you read the book, Radical Remission, you hear these crazy, unbelievable stories. So why can't it happen for us? whoever Mm -hmm. us is, right? Yeah. Are we blocking it with our disbelief, right? If we're, if we're really listening to, you know, the universe and all of that, like maybe we need to be more bold. And so I literally am praying every night. I'm like, okay, God, angels, you know, everybody, I, I get the whole crew together and I say, I want a miracle like Anita Morjani. So I liken it to her because hers was so radical. So I have an example. I'm like, my mom deserves it. She was a good person and I want a miracle. I want her to have a miracle like Anita Morjani. And that's what I'm focused on. And I told my dad to start doing it. And I told my mom to start doing it. And on the quick, in terms of an update, my dad is doing great. Um, And my mom is slowly improving But it hit me this weekend that this is somebody who hasn't slept in almost a month. Every two hours, they're poking and prodding and checking vitals and changing and all this stuff. So I I got this system that might be helpful for you guys. And I don't know, you know, what situation you might be in, but it is an awareness, at least for you. There's a system called Pure Wick for women. I'm sure they have them for men too, but it's like a non-invasive catheter. So you don't have to wake the person up every two seconds to to change them. This is like a suction cup and it removes all the urine out and keeps them dry. So last night was the first kind of like trial at the house because she had used it at Cedar sinai That's how I was aware of it. And it worked amazing. And so I think this is going to be a game changer. So we'll use it at night. It's like you can keep it for eight to 12 hours and I think what we can do is use it at night, get her the rest she needs, because even if I'm letting her sleep all day, we're still having to change her and stuff constantly. So that's not real full rest again. 
But right. now, like last night, she she only had to be woken up once. That was wow. it. That was a big deal. So um, I, I say that in case this is something you're dealing with and you don't know about Pure Wick. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's a pretty nifty system. It's amazing. Again, this is the show for solutions, and I know there's at least. You know, there's a ton of people listening right now who mm-hmm. are in this exact situation and now have an option. I just love yeah. that you bring what we actually need, Maria. Thank you. Yeah, and listen, like Medicare covers it to a degree, mm-hmm. but um, but you know, I realized I'm like, okay, supplies are going to get costly at some point, right? Like if you're using many of these, so you just figure out how often can you use them. You know, where's the amount that you can handle? So it's like, okay, we'll use them only at night and then during the day. You know, she's going to be up and about and, well, up and about. We're going to do our best to get her up and about. But you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you do what you can. That's the the moral of the story, right? And I think when we get to Marie, she'll tell us a little bit more about that too, is there's always going to be people who have excuses and all of that stuff. And by the way, some of them are legitimate, but you can always be resourceful. You can always find a way. And maybe it's once a week you can do it. Whatever it is that you can do, do that. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but It's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. And Mm. that will always be better than what it was before. It's beautifully said. I couldn't have said it better myself. And that's why you're hosting the show. (laughs) I love that though, because it doesn't make it daunting, right? Yeah. It's just like, do that one thing, Mm -hmm. that one thing. Wow. I love that. And stick to it. I mean, Stephanie, shout out to Steph, our Mm -hmm. Patreon, our girl. She told me yesterday, she was like, you need to write like whether it's 20 minutes for yourself, like write it in your calendar, schedule it like it's a meeting Mm -hmm. and follow through schedule it like it's a meeting. schedule what um like 20 whether it's 20 minutes for yourself whether oh. it's like a walk whether it's you know it's like write it down schedule it and then do it and i was like that's a that's a great tip because you're like yeah yeah yeah, i'll give myself 20 minutes but i think if you actually like schedule these things these little things once mm-hmm. a week no i love that got it yeah. well um that is the update also we got this beautiful fedex from my friend Alyssa. And I open it up and there are all these little cards from kids. So there are the kids that she babysits for, they're her nieces and nephews, they're friends. Everyone made her the most beautiful cards, all of these kids. And she's like, Maria, and more want to. Everyone keeps asking me what they can do, what can they do? She's like, so now all their kids are making cards. So we decorated my mom's, you know, empty white wall next to her bed with all of these kids' cards. I put it on my Instagram if you want to check check it out on my stories. It was really beautiful. 
Amazing. I can't wait yeah. to check it out. Yeah, it's good really preparation sweet. for you, Maria. I know, right? Oh, Boot my. camp. Let's get to our interview. Marie Forleo is born and raised, or a born and raised Jersey girl, with nothing more than passion, a laptop, and a dream, who has since created a socially conscious digital empire that touches millions through her award-winning show, Marie TV, world-class online training programs, New York Times bestselling book, right here, and an audience in 195 countries. She helps people like you dream big and back it up with meaningful action to create results. She's recently undergone a health crisis. We're going to chat about that. And she's here to offer her figureoutable wisdom, even when life is pushing us to our brink. Here is the book. It's called Everything is Figureoutable. Marie, I was just saying earlier that this is one of my favorite covers I've seen in a long time. Oh, thank you. It's I so, so cute. That. Oh, shit. It's our colors. Maybe that's why I love it. Yes, it yes. is. Duh. <laughs> They're fun and bright and it makes you feel good. Yeah, I love it. And I love citrus. I mean, that's why I like I have the lemons, but I have like a whole orange grove. So gosh. Oranges, <laughs> yes. So Marie, okay, first of all, it has taken us so long to connect. Um, I think we were people were trying to connect us at various points. And I've been in health crisis mode for about four and a half years. So it has been uh, a little challenging. And then we're finally here. I'm reading your book and I'm like, oh my God, I, I said that. Oh my God, we're, we're so similar in so many ways. So I'm going to share just like you were talking in here about when you were six, you were in New York. You're like, I'm going to live here someday. And your mom was like, what? Or whatever. I said that to my parents about L.A., when I was like 12, I mean, and even probably before, but I vividly remember 12, 13, I'm like, I'm going to move to LA. I'm going to move to LA. Nobody I knew moved to LA. Nobody did that. And they were like, you're crazy. You're crazy. And then the other thing that I connected with so much was your mom doing everything herself, right? DIY. I really understand the root of everything is figureoutable because I had seen a clip of you talking about this airport disaster and that was everything is figureoutable. But this was so much more relatable. And now I understand the true origin that you were just applying everywhere else. And I think it made me understand everything so much better. But her mom was like on a roof, fixing a roof, um, breaking down like radios and fixing them. And, you know, Marie asked her, you know, mom, how do you know how to do all these things without like, you know, without anybody teaching you? And she said, you can do whatever you set your mind to, which is my dad's direct quote to me my whole life. You can, Maria, you can do whatever you put your mind to my whole life. And then she said, just roll up your sleeves, get in there and do it. Everything is figureoutable. <laughs> it's like, it's still to this day, every moment of every day, this little three word phrase that saves me and lifts me back up and calms my nerves and gets me in a place of thinking creatively of surrendering when I need to, of having faith, of just being willing to step back and go, I got this. I may not know how. I absolutely will need the help of other people. I'm going to have to be creative and I'm going to have to be scrappy and I'm going to have to try a bunch of things and probably fail a ton, but I am not going to quit. Mm. And so the magic of that little phrase uh, for me, it just from a mental, emotional, spiritual place, it keeps me rooted and it keeps me strong, even when I'm weak even when I'm crying, even when I don't feel well, I can hold those two things at once. I can allow myself to be really human and really vulnerable and in a place of absolute sadness or sorrow or pain. And at the same time, still hold on to that belief that this is figureoutable. It might not be in this moment, mm -hmm. but I will be able to overcome this somehow. So I, I want to I want to explain to everybody for anybody who's watching that isn't familiar with your work. I mean, you know, I, I kind of went through the accolades in the intro, but you know, you've worked with Tony Robbins, you've spoke at his Unleash the Power Within, which I did this summer as well. Um, and he's amazing and he's had such an impact on my life. Me too. Um Oprah, you've spoken at Oprah's, you know, master classes, and you know, you've had such an incredible journey in this kind of, I mean, would you say like life coach 
world? Like, how do you kind of put it? Yeah, I actually don't. You know, one of the things that's really um, a little bit quirky about me is even when I first started my career over 20 years ago, I never felt like I fit into a traditional Mm -hmm. mold, Maria. I loved that. When I read that, I felt like me. Yes, because (laughs) I identified and I, when I found this little phrase um, that just popped into my head called a multi-passionate creative or a multi-passionate entrepreneurs because I was so passionate about personal development and human potential. But anytime I tried to narrow myself down and say, oh, I'm just a coach, it felt so wrong and limiting and like I was cutting off a limb. Mm -hmm. I was also extremely passionate about fitness and dance and hip hop specifically. I was passionate about writing and spirituality and digital business and marketing and like all of these things. And I remember when I first started feeling like I was like, I don't fit in anywhere Mm -hmm. because not one of these things is me. They're all me. I'm Mm -hmm. bigger than a box. So not to dodge your question, but I I still don't categorize myself um, because it never feels quite right. So I just focus on how do I help people create a business and life they love? I love communicating. I love learning. And I love creating tools and experiences that help people learn things that perhaps they haven't learned before and Mm -hmm. apply them. And so I'm like, whatever you want to call me, great. I'm just having fun. (laughs) So funny. This is why we're like twins. Um, Yeah. So, oh, and and my family called me Re too. Did they really? <laughs> this is wild. I'm, and I, I hopefully after we have this conversation, there's many more, I feel like I've had a few strings along the way. And I'm like, I have a feeling Maria and I have a lot more in common than it yeah. appears even on the surface. Yeah. Because the same thing applied for me when I was growing up, I had so many passions and I still do. Right. And I wanted, and one of the things I remember thinking very vividly was, okay, if this doesn't work, I'm going to have a million backups. Right, because I was so terrified of of not having or or suffering or anything like that. Right, so I was like, I'm just going to do everything I want to do because life is short, and why shouldn't you try everything? So I've wrestled, I've done Dancing with the Stars, I've written books, I've hosted, I've acted, I've done commercial, I've done everything under the sun. And I remember a friend of mine was like, my dad had lunch with Katie Couric, and she was like, she needs to just focus on one thing. And then she kind of thought about it for a second and she realized, actually, no, she's, she's good. She's good. She kind of took it back. And there were so many people along my way that were like, just focus on one thing. And I never did because my heart was in so many places. And it's nice to hear another story because, you know, that works for a minute. And then sometimes you're like, oh shit, should I now just be focusing on one thing? Like what got me to Egypt won't get me to the promised land. Do I need a shift now? But you know, when you're, when you're true to yourself, you can't go wrong. And I think that's what you have done masterfully is like, you're like, no, I'm going to dance. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm not going to put myself in a box, but where it comes down to, uh, where it becomes a challenge is when you need to identify yourself to a world that needs identifying. Yes. And that's where I think being nimble and having different kind of party lines that you can pull out of your back pocket is helpful in context. So for example, you know, uh, I remember going on the Today Show when everything is figureoutable just launched, and it's like, okay, well, I'm going to aim a lot of my story around being an author and this particular book. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code HEELSQUAD for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code HEELSQUAD. Trust me, you won't regret it. And then when I was actually... I ideating on 
um, how we were going to launch the book, which I wanted to do a concert, which we wound up doing that involved all of this different dance and performance. And we had backup dancers from Beyonce to Missy Elliott. It, it was wild. Whoa. I had to then restructure my story around, oh, well, I have this history in dance and fitness. And here's how I want to sculpt this. So I feel like for anyone out there listening who identifies as a multi-passionate creative or multi-passionate entrepreneur, there's a couple of things to keep in mind. One is that there are different stages and seasons of life. So for me, when I was in my kind of mid-20s, I just rebelled against being one thing and it was perfect at that stage. I needed to kind of slow down in terms of, I knew I wasn't going to earn that much money. I knew I wasn't going to have huge growth in any one area, but I needed to have my hands simultaneously in hip hop, in building a digital business, in learning how to write, in learning how to speak, going to Toastmasters. I was like, I'm okay growing slower in all of these areas because I need to get all of this energy out. Mm. Then I hit a point, oh, this was another thing that I don't know if you and I realize we have in common. I didn't realize that you dated Kevin for almost 19 years before. So Josh and I are together, but not married. So many people call him my husband, but we're going to be going on 18 years. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, I mean, come on now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's wild. But my point is when Josh and I first got together and I really understood that this was a, this was the person for me, the person that I wanted to be with, I said, you know, something in me feels like I need to dial back on all of these different things and focus in on my digital business. And this is probably around the time of like 2006, 2007. So at that stage and season, I chose to not dial back my passions, but dial back my revenue sources. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't going to earn money from teaching hip hop anymore. I wasn't going to do the bartending. I wasn't going to do all these different things that I was doing. So I could focus a hundred percent of my energy on my online business. So then cut to 15, 20 years later, I'm like, oh, I want to do a concert. All of a sudden dance comes back in. All mm-hmm. of these things start their way back in. So I think that paying attention to the stage and season of your life as a multi-passionate entrepreneur and giving yourself permission to say, you know what, what's feeling right for me right now is focus. It doesn't mean that I don't indulge in these passions, but perhaps they're not infused in my business. They're not a revenue source. They're just something that brings me joy. Or even if you want to hit the pause button on something for a little while, I had this fear that if I stopped dancing, even though I'm always going to dance, I'm always going to boogie. I love it. I was like, God, did I lose my ability to pick up choreography? Did I, you know, am I not going to be able to get back that level of athleticism that I had earlier in my career when I was a Nike athlete? And you know what? No, you get back in, you start training again, you pick it back up. Mm -hmm. So I think for anyone listening and uh, for anyone who feels like they're in a stage of transition, you may want to do a bunch of things right now, and that's perfect for where you're at, or you may want to pull back and focus in. doesn't mean you're going to do it forever. It mm-hmm. just means you're honoring your intuition for this stage and season on all the other things going on in your life. Yeah. I had to do that at some point. I remember, um, I think it was when I was at NBC, I was doing Access Hollywood, the Today Show, Nightly News, and um, and I was still trying to act and do this stuff. But then I started realizing, I'm like gosh, it's getting really challenging to find an acting role that doesn't involve like making out or having sex or like being provocative. Right. And while you're on nightly news, like I knew that that wasn't something that would work. And so I made a chart and on the left was everything I was doing. And on the right was the goal. And the goal was a talk show and anything that didn't cross over and align, I deleted from my life and said, okay, I have to omit these for now because this is where I'm going. And these things are now taking up valuable time that are taking away from that. And that's kind of how I visualized it um, and how I've shared with people when you're super overwhelmed, how to kind of take things down because you don't even realize you take on so many different things. And then you're like, oh, okay, now I'm, I'm drowning and I'm not yes. flourishing. Yes. So that's one of those other little mantras that helps me so much is simplify to amplify. Mm -hmm. When you find yourself spinning a lot of different plates, having your hands in so many different projects and feeling overstretched, overcommitted, just on the verge of burnout and exhaustion, exactly what you did, Maria, it's 
brilliant. I had to do that at one point in our business. We had these incredible mastermind groups that I was doing, which were great. We would take women all over the world and do these really fun things. It was awesome. And then I had this program called B-School, which was a baby at the time. And it was teaching people how to start and grow meaningful businesses online. Again, this is probably like 2010, 2011. And there were all these other pieces of my business in my life. And I was like, I am about to be on the floor. I'm exhausted. I can't do this anymore. And I love what I do, but the joy is getting sucked out because I've taken on too much. And we did an actual analysis similarly, wrote down everything that we were doing in the business. So like how much revenue was coming in and then what was the profit, not just financial profit, but emotional profit, Mm. spiritual profit, you know, what the time was like. And then when I realized, I was like, oh my gosh, this annual conference that I'm doing every single year, these are the amount of people that I reach. I can only reach 300 people. I didn't want to live stream at the time. This was the amount of revenue that was coming in. And it was taking us about six months to organize and get together. And then I saw that my program B-School, I was like, my goodness, this is scary. I can reach people all over the world. I can impact so many other businesses. The ripple effect was huge. The revenue and profit potential was huge. And I said, what if I stripped away all this other stuff, simplify to amplify. So I really make the impact that I want to make and have that joy back. And I'll tell you, Maria, we killed over a million dollars in revenue in the business. Everyone said, you're crazy. What are you doing? I said, nope, I'm not crazy. I'm focused. And it was after that year that I stripped away all of these other things. I think we saw like a three to 400% increase in our revenue and profit year over year. Like everything took off like a rocket. Marie TV, B-School, it was insane. And so simplify to amplify, you know, there's this great analogy with gardening, pruning right? Mm -hmm. If you like to be in your garden, you shouldn't just let all of your trees and bushes grow willy nilly because eventually all of that energy starts getting dissipated in the branches that are on the outer edges. And gardeners will tell you, you've got to cut things back. And it's scary at first because you think you're actually killing this beautiful plant. No, you're not. You're actually forcing the energy down. And so the plant or the bush comes back huge and Mm -hmm. full and stronger than it's ever been before. Mm -hmm. I love it. And there is a really big lesson. So when you're at that breaking point and you're in that overwhelmed and exhaustive like place, that's where the the key is to your next level, right? So that's when, when you're at your worst, if you can really simplify to amplify, if you can really analyze what is working for you, what isn't working for you, that's kind of like like in a video game. That's like the key is in there for the next level. That's how I kind of look at it. So when shit's hitting the fan, you're like, okay, there's obviously a lesson I need to learn here. And there's there's another level to go to. And this is the opportunity for the other level. Yes. And I think also times there's two things that can happen. So if we, if the shiitake hits the fan and you're just on your knees and everything seems like it's falling apart, my friend and I often say this to each other, congratulations congratulations. And you want to slap somebody when they say that Mm -hmm. to you, when you're crying, you're like, no, this is horrible. (laughs) But we always play this game. We're like, no, congratulations. This is actually my best friend, Chris Carr. And when she was first diagnosed with cancer, I think at 31 and she's, you know, well into her forties. Now they gave her a 10 year expiration date. She blew past that. She was like, nope, I'm not accepting any of these realities from y'all. We're going to do something different. She told me one of the first um, kind of spiritual teachers that she spoke with after her diagnosis said, congratulations. And she was so just thrown off by that, like, wait, what? And then when she really got it, the congratulations was something incredible is happening in your life right now that you are going to be so grateful for. That's why I'm saying congratulations. And so we often say to each other, and we'll talk about this, especially when I was having this health crisis, And I didn't know what was going on. She was like, congratulations. And again, simultaneously wanted to cry and go like, no, but something deeper in me, Maria knew that she was right. Mm. 100% right. So, you know, this year, 2020, my goodness, we've all had so many challenges on so many levels, so much pain. I know for me, levels of just disruption and disbelief and betray I mean the layers of emotional pain of physical pain I'm like what is happening but every single one of them now that I'm getting a little bit of perspective I'm like this is the best thing ever 
This is the best thing ever. Even the worst stuff that brought us to our knees made us lose 10 pounds in pain and suffering and not eating, thinking your life is over, were the best fucking things that ever happened to us. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Mine is the sweet chili. Ever. And I, and part of me is like, no, that can't be, Mm -hmm. but it's true. Mm -hmm. And again, when we're in it, when we're on our (sighs) knees, when we're crying, when we're in so much pain that is real and we're not minimizing that. If you can hold just that little space in your heart for a possibility of congratulations, a little space in your heart for this is probably figure out, well, not at this moment, but in a little bit, it's the, the wisdom is just, it continues to wash over me and shock me of how simultaneously awful this year is Mm -hmm. and the blessings and the gifts and the lessons that I'm starting to be able to extract. So true. Okay. So what a perfect segue into your health crisis. Yes. I feel like we're going to share so many um, similar perspectives and and feelings and the challenges that come before you where you're really tested to see, are you going to practice what you preach? Are you going to put your lessons into play? So you can share with everybody what you have been going through and, and some of those challenges. Yeah. So it was middle of October. And again, all of us COVID year, right? Really rough year. And I was feeling just absolutely exhausted. Top of the year, January, I discovered I'm Italian. So I've been eating bread and pasta my entire life. I love, I love carbs more than anything. I love all (laughs) foods, but you know, it's special place in my heart. And I learned at the top of the year that I developed a gluten insensitivity, not so fun, but I was like, okay, I'm cutting this out fine. So this whole year get to October. I'm like, okay, things are starting to calm down. We're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And I'm on the FaceTime with my best friend, Chris, and we're talking. And all of a sudden I wince in pain. I was like, ow. And that's odd for me. She's like, what just happened? And I said, oh, I'm probably eating something that maybe I shouldn't. I said, I know it's not gluten, but maybe I'm allergic to something else. I was like, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. And she's like, no, not so fast. She goes, you need to go get an ultrasound. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't need an ultrasound. She's like, no, that look on your face. She's like, you can't have that kind of pain. And this is not about something you're eating. She's like, you're going to get an ultrasound, no negotiations. This is done. I walk out of the room, Josh, my partner of 17 years, he's like, you're getting an ultrasound. I'm like, oh God, you guys, I don't need this. Sidebar, I've had such trouble navigating the healthcare system, even though I feel fortunate enough to have healthcare. Every time I try and do anything, I've always just been either shut down. No one wants to get you the test that you want. So that's why I haven't gone to the doctor in a little bit of time. 2017 was probably like my last big checkup. I'll be your health coach. Yes. So (laughs) I make all these appointments. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get my blood work done. I'm going to get, um, you know, gastro stuff checked out and I will get the ultrasound and get the mammogram. So I come into the city and, um, you know, blood test, fine gastro stuff where, you know, we're waiting for the results, mammogram, all good comes down to the ultrasound around the stomach. Everything's good, good, good. Until the radiologist goes to the lower part of my abdomen, my pelvis. And she's like, Whoa. And that's not what you want to hear when you're laying down naked. On she a, did that while you were in she there. She did that, but she, but she's cool. Trust me. She's like, did you know you've got a grapefruit sized tumor outside your uterus? She takes the screen. She flips it to me. She goes, look at this thing. And I was like, and she goes, look, don't worry. She goes 99 point. She said this very quickly. 99.9% of the time, the, the these things are, com- they're, you're going to be fine. She goes, they're, they're usually not cancerous. She goes, but 
you've got an enormous cyst outside of your uterus. And then she goes, look, you got like five or six other ones growing too. We need to get you to the gynecologist immediately. And I'm laying there, Maria. And you know, most of us know whenever you're going to get tests, you've got no clothes on, people are pushing and prodding you. And you're kind of like, what I love about New Yorkers is they're so direct. (laughs) And she was, she was great. So I go to the gynecologist and she's like, okay, here's your deal. She goes, you have an enormous cyst and that's why you're having so much pain. It's pushing on all of your internal organs. And the deal is this, she goes, um, you know, she asked me basically about, you know, do you ever want to have children? And I said, honestly, I've known since I was a little girl that I'm not meant to be a biological mother. I have a stepson who is an adult. I said, but I've known my whole life that that's not my path. Wow. And she said, Okay. She said, because, you know, there's like these less invasive things. She goes, but if you don't need your uterus, the only way that we can guarantee that the cysts won't come back is for you to have a hysterectomy. And she said, we can leave your ovaries, but you know, it's basically abdominal. We're going to do this little bikini line cut. She's like, but the, the surgery is intense and the recovery is like six weeks of you not doing anything. And I had revealed to her that I working out Maria is my way to maintain my mental and emotional health. Like that's my vehicle besides meditation, but that's the thing that helps me get out a lot of energy and stay really grounded. I was like, okay, we're in a pandemic. (laughs) Sounds big. I definitely need to get this thing out of me. And Josh, my partner, who's an actor, he booked this job in Ukraine to shoot a movie for a month. So I was like, I'm going to have to have a surgery. There's nobody here, but I need to do this now. So I just said, doc, you got to get me in. Can you get me in before Thanksgiving? I want this to happen. And it was almost symbolic, Maria, where I wanted to get this thing out of me before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And so we scheduled it. And I said, we're just going to make this happen and um, had the surgery on November 16th. It's the end of December right now. And I'm, I've got one more week to go before I can um, exercise. But I'll tell you, my surgeon took pictures of what they took out of me. Holy good Lord. It was enormous. It was like an alien. I've showed some friends who are into that kind of stuff like I am. And we're all just like, that was inside of you. Like it was it was terrifying. And so it's done. I feel good. Did you feel bloated and you didn't even realize? So here's where I was. I was going like, Oh, you know, I'm in my forties now. Like, is this what happens? Do you get like a little pooch? Like, (laughs) is this what, you know what I mean? And I, you know, I'm just grateful to have a healthy body. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get too caught up. I'm vain like everyone else is. I'm trying to take care of myself the best I can. But I'm like, look, if a little something comes out of the, you know, your lower pooch, whatever, it's okay. My doctor's like, not normal, (laughs) not normal. Your uterus, it was like, what was happening? It's just, it's wild. So um, yeah. And so you didn't have a gluten allergy, I bet. Well, here's the thing. I, I may, or I may not, I've stayed off of gluten for a little bit. I feel like the place when I'm in Italy, I feel like I can eat anything. Well, we can, because it's clean. It's different. You can eat whatever you want in, in Europe. Yeah. So you'll enjoy it there. Totally. But from now I'm just like, I'm just staying, I'm just keeping myself. You don't rock the boat. (laughs) Totally. Like as inflammation free as possible. But question, were you in pain for a long time and you were just so type A and so busy that you were like, I'm because this is what happened with me with my brain tumor. I didn't realize how much pain I was in. I didn't understand because I was so busy being busy that I never slowed down to feel it. And we're so strong and we can handle so much that that's when you end up with a grapefruit. Kate Walsh, the same thing. Kate, Kate Walsh had a grapefruit in her freaking head. Um, and, and you know, you don't even realize why, you know, what's happening. Yeah. So I think it's a combination of things for me. Um, a grapefruit size, anything usually doesn't appear overnight. Yeah. And this is a horrible analogy, but you know, we've all heard it like a frog boiling in water where it happens so incrementally over time, right? That you build tolerance. Exactly. And 2019 for me was such an intense year because that's the year that the book came out. I, I I thought I was busy before. Last year, I was busy on a level that I didn't even know I could be busy on. And so I was working so hard to stay healthy amid that, like doing a world tour, producing that show, like just all of these different things that were brand new and, you know, having a relationship and trying to be a normal human and have friends and all that stuff. So I feel like 
probably the stress of last year, me not going to the doctor last year because I chose not to, that was on me. And then just assuming that this was part of getting older, Mm -hmm. assuming that maybe like, oh, it's this gluten thing or it's this, that thing, or, you know, and I do take really good care of myself in the sense that I try to eat really great. Um, you know, I meditate, I sleep well, all of those things. I don't abuse drugs. I love wine, but it's not like I'm having a bottle a day. It's like a glass or two a week. So I didn't realize that the level of fatigue, the level of like mental fog, the level of just not feeling like the normal Marie could be attributed to something like this. So the lesson for everybody right now is never assume with your health. It does never, it never ends well. It does not do you any good. Never assume with your health. If you have pain, you go to the doctor, right? I always say, when your car makes noises, you take it to the mechanic. When your body makes noises, we're like, shh, I'm on a book tour. <laughs> I got kids. Shh, I don't have time for you, bitch. You know, we, we yes. literally shut ourselves up But the body is making noises. It's talking to us. It's like, please help. I'm suffering. And we're like, shut up. We don't have time for you. Keep moving. Keep doing your job. And so it's only going to get worse. So, you know, I had the conversation with my dad this morning. I'm like, dad, you need to help me help you. I can't be doing the things that you can do yourself. You can make sure you eat your breakfast. You can make sure you don't forget to eat lunch. That you can handle. I'll handle the higher level stuff. But you got to do that part for me. And so we have to be better at taking care of ourselves and listening to the signals. Okay, so you had a challenging year like the rest of us. You get this hysterectomy. Let's talk about the vulnerable moments that you had in there. Because especially you you, you highlighted the fact that you're not going to be able to work out. Yeah. Um, and obviously that was a big thing for you. Um, where where were you tested and what did you apply and how long did it take you to get there to apply? Because it's, it's still hard, even when you know everything that we know and we've done the work that we've done, we're still human. Um, yes. Well, a couple things. I mean, one, in terms of actually going through that, thankfully I've had so many friends who've had C-sections or folks that I've known that have hysterectomies that have told me like, hey, here's a couple of things to expect in the hospital. I just want to share this because mm-hmm. I'm so grateful. My my, In all honesty, the medical establishment didn't tell me this. This was friends. Was how after you have a major surgery like that, your gastro system goes offline. And my God, Maria, the most vulnerable moment for me was when I thought I was going to get released from the hospital. And they told me, I can't believe I'm telling you this, but it's so hilarious that I basically had to pass gas before they'd let me leave. It's a sign that your body is back online after Mm. being knocked out from the anesthesia. And I'm like, why didn't anyone tell me this? And I have this friend coming, like this whole orchestration because we're in the middle of COVID. And I just got, you know, my partner's not here. And I had to do all of these gymnastics to be able to get someone to safely get me home and put me in the care of someone else. And it was like this nightmare because I couldn't pass gas. And I'm crying. Like, I can't even tell you. It was like a comedy show. My friend is there. You're like in the most vulnerable position in all of these things. And they're trying to get me to, again, move stuff. And like, it's not happening. And everything just got cut open. So you can't push. And I'm like, what's happening? So it was just this series of a week where I just, nothing felt like it was working as it should. Yeah. But I mean, I got there. Okay. But to get there, Maria, it was, you were talking about those moments of being tested where it's just like having all of these people witness you at your absolute weakest moment, talking about the most embarrassing kind of things, but they need to make sure you're okay. And people are, it's just, it was, it was wild. So that was like kind of hilarious and not, I will tell anyone who's going to get any kind of abdominal surgery, please prepare yourself (laughs) to help your body move through things because it's a really big deal. I think the second thing for me that has been, um, that was expected, but more challenging than I thought it was going to be was like the mental and emotional roller coasters of getting this done. So I'm lucky enough to still have my ovaries because they didn't need to take those. So it's not like I got kicked into menopause or anything like that. However, I did not expect to feel this level of grief 
I didn't expect to feel this level of, um, honestly, waves of depression, like waves of darkness that I have never experienced in my life. And the wild part was there wasn't a narrative to go along with it. You know, sometimes in our life when we get sad, perhaps we're like, oh, well, this is going wrong or this person hurt me or I've lost this human being that I love, you know, something like that. There was no story there. It was just darkness. And I've never experienced that before. And it gave me so much empathy and so much compassion Mm. for people that wrestle with really dark depression. Um, That was something that was unexpected. My parents, prayer, friends, just being able to just be there and weep. um, It was wild. I called my doctor at one point. She's like, are you, you know, how are you doing? I said, I'm not okay. And me saying the words, I'm not okay. That's a very rare thing. Mm -hmm. I've trained myself, conditioned myself to be okay. Do and you to be think yeah. that the that the the depression was maybe the finality of there will be no children? Do you think because I know you said you were clear that that wasn't the case. So yeah. was it that was it that maybe like as humans when we lose a piece of ourselves, we really lose a piece of ourselves? Yes, I think it was I think it was a whole culmination. So there's a couple things. And by the way, this is all conjecture, right? This is all me doing my best to report from the inside out, mm-hmm. knowing that there may be other factors I'm not aware of. The children thing, no, because I I always play a game with myself like let me try on an alternate reality and see how that feels. Like, oh, if I could get first of all, I still have my ovaries, so if I wanted to have children, in theory, I still could. I might not be able to carry them, mm-hmm. but I could still have children. And as a woman who genuinely believes everything is figureoutable, if that's the outcome I wanted, we could make that happen. Got it. So that wasn't it for me. I think the sense of grief and loss from this year, I think just losing anything out of your body that's been with you for a really long time, I think that there's something deep in there. And then in all honesty, you know, I think the period where I was having the most depression was actually my normal cycle. Usually though, PMS for me, I'm dangerous. Like, I'm like, <laughs> you do not cross mama because mama's going to cut you a new one. Like, I am so kind of bitchy and I'm so short-circuited and it's like, I can get angry real fast on PMS. But this cycle... Maria, I couldn't stop weeping, Mm. could not stop weeping. So I think it was a combination of 2020, the grief and loss collectively, personally, Mm -hmm. I lost my grandmother to COVID this year. So that was like, I'm so sorry. She's in a much better place. And, and I, she had a long life. And so I still talk with her and that's great, but for all of us, right. There's been so many hard pieces, just the surgery itself. Friends were telling me that's just traumatic. You know, this, Yep right? Just having your body cut open. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. And, and I think that you don't have the mental break that you get with working out to kind of like regenerate yourself and re kind of, yeah. No endorphins. Yeah. That's my doctor's like, you're not getting any of the endorphins that you're used to. You're not, you're just like sitting in it right Mm -hmm. now. And so I think it was, I think it's been like a combo platter of all that stuff. So, so, um, Tony Robbins, one of the the greatest tools I took away at the right moment before I had to deal with our health crises here was life is happening for you, not to you. So how was life happening for you in this moment with this hysterectomy? I believe a couple things. One, I don't think I've slowed down and done nothing for six weeks, Maria, since I was a toddler. Mm -hmm. And even at that stage, I was running around like a little, right? So nothing probably could have gotten me to just sit and be than this. So life was happening for me in that it was like, Marie, there's a lot to process. This has been a big year. What was working before for you, your operating system before was great because it got you here, but this is a time to reset and reimagine and reinvent for this next chapter. And you need to sit and listen rather than just go. I think that the emotional bits of it, the being able to rely on people and ask for help, I am horrible at asking for help. I'm like the worst. I'm so used to being the caregiver for everyone and taking care of everything that 
really, it was the first Thanksgiving ever. My stepson, his boyfriend and Josh cooked everything. And guess what? They did a phenomenal job. I literally walked out, I ate, and then I went back to bed. (laughs) That's what I did. So I think asking for help, I think life was happening for me in terms of the emotional roller coaster to help me become an even better um, expert at what I do to help me support people in an even deeper way and give me even more empathy and perspective than I've ever had before. So I feel like those are just some of the highlights from this. And in all honesty, I feel like I got something out of me that who knows what would have happened if we didn't catch it when it, when we did. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, it was a big lesson, like we talked about in listening to our bodies and yeah. saying, no, I'm not going to ignore this pain and I'm going to pay attention to it. I'm going to handle it quickly. I love it. I think the um, the empathy and the compassion part is so important. And, you know, when we were going through COVID with my parents, uh, well, we're out of COVID now, but we're still in like caretaking mode. I've, I've realized that, and I was telling Patty Penn, this amazing Reiki master, I was like, I feel like this stuff happens because I'm supposed to figure it out and then help people. And I've yes. always felt that my whole life. Um, anytime I was presented with a really challenging moment, I was like, okay, I got to find my way out of this and then I'll help other people who are in this moment, right? And I'm sure you feel the same way. And um, and when you go through something new that you haven't gone through, it does give you a level of empathy and compassion that you couldn't have possibly had unless you've gone through it. Totally, totally. And it just makes us, I think you know, that's kind of what our universe and the world is calling us to this entire year. And what what it's going to need from us moving forward is so much more understanding mm-hmm. and so much more compassion and empathy for what other people are going through and to really be able to sit in pain and to sit in suffering and to not judge each other and to say, it's going to be okay. Yeah, And you can feel what you're feeling and it's going to be okay. And while I knew that before, on a different level, like, as you said, I, there's no way I could have had that deep visceral experience unless I went through this. Yeah. Um, I have an entire interview of stuff that I really (laughs) wanted to get to. Um, one, maybe I'll give it as a tease because I'm going to have to have you come back now because we're like, we went down the health rabbit hole, which is amazing, but there's so many, incredible um, lessons in this book. This book is amazing. I freaking love it. Um, and uh, and I think that our audience would really benefit from another session with you because I don't want to take up more of your time and I don't want to steer the ship in a different direction now. But um, there was one page that I could not not do today. And we will get to the rest of it in another one. But um for those of us who uh, always say we don't have time, I don't have time, I don't have time, you have a chart in here called the opportunity cost of wasting your time. And I'm <laughs> going to use this as a tease for our next episode. And I'm going to just assume that you'll do another episode with me. Of course. Of course. <laughs> okay. So I loved this. And I think this is so huge for all of us because we can all go down the rabbit hole of social media so freaking quickly. So it's in charts. Today's unconscious cost, 30 minutes a day, dicking around on your phone and social media. Total time spent per year, 182 and a half hours a year or 22 full eight hour workdays. Guys, 30 minutes a day on your social media equals 22 full eight hour workdays. What you could have accomplished in that time otherwise, I love this, Michelle Obama-like arms, <laughs> built a brand new website or learned how to meditate. And I'm sure you can come up with a host more things. 60 minutes a day on news, email, and celebrity gossip equals 365 hours a year or 45 full eight-hour workdays. Well, you could have accomplished, written a first draft of your book, launched a new revenue stream, secured a raise, or made a career change. And I love the last one because I definitely love my TV. 90 minutes a day watching TV. How much did we watch last night with The Bachelorette? Two hours? Okay. <laughs> Last night was The Bachelorette. 575 and a half hours a year. Holy shit, guys. 90 minutes of your TV time at night equals 570, 547 and a half hours a year or 68 full eight-hour workdays. 
68. You could have learned how to speak a new language, finished your degree, launched a profitable side of your business. We're going to put this chart up on Instagram and on every platform today. If you say you don't have time, you can find the time. Yes. And that's, that's actually the greatest point. Cause last night, to be clear, Josh and I laid in bed and watched at least two episodes. We'd never seen the Americans, uh, our friend Carrie Russell's in, and I've always, I've been like, Oh, we got to see it. Right. So Josh actually was the one who said we have to watch it. So this chart is not about making you wrong. It doesn't say you should never spend time on social or not watch these amazing television shows or great films mm-hmm. or anything else that brings you joy. And If you hear yourself saying, but I don't have the time, that's what this chapter is about. It's about supporting you in being real, because here's what I've seen for myself. If it's important enough, I make the time. And if not, I make an excuse. And that reality check between me and me is all I need to A, either get my buns focused on something that I really want, or B, let myself off the hook and drop these projects that somewhere in my brain, I'm going, you should be doing it. It's like, no, you shouldn't because you don't really want to because you're not doing it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then I leave you with this. Two kinds of people in this world, guys, those with reasons and those with results. So if your reasons are you don't have time, well, Marie's reasons are she's got results because she's swapping, right? She's swapping the social media, you know, rabbit hole. She's swapping the TV time because... It depends on what's important to you right now. That's right. And if you have a goal, you're going to do anything you can to make that happen. And where your focus goes, as Tony taught us, energy will flow. And so there's no excuses. There's just results. And so this is the tease (laughs) to what we're going to talk about on the next episode with uh, Marie. And I'm just so glad that we finally connected and the book, again, is called Everything is Figureoutable, a wonderful gift for people in your life this holiday season who need a little, uh, a little guidance and a little, um, a little help on the journey, right? A little kind of realignment. That's right. That's okay. what it is. It's really helping you get true and honest with you. Choose something, anything that really lights your heart up. And one of the things, it's three simple rules. I'll tell you really fast. You know, everything is figure outable. People are like, is it really? It's like, yeah, actually it is. One, all problems or dreams are figure outable. Two, um, if a problem or a dream isn't figure outable, it's not really a problem. It's a fact of life. Gravity, taxes, death. Rule number three, you may not care enough to solve a particular problem or reach a particular dream. And that's okay. Find something that you do really care about and you go back to rule number one. So it kind of helps you, again, simplify to amplify and really put your time and attention on that which matters most to you. Everything can't matter, but the Mm -hmm. things that really do, I have total faith in everyone listening that they can find a way or make a way and afford. I love it. But you have to have that passion. You have to have yep. that drive for that that cause or that thing. Otherwise, you're not going to stick with it and you're not going to be happy. And if you're not happy, you're not going to do your best work. Totally. I love it. Marie, thank you so much. Oh, thank um, you. Uh, and I just, sorry, quickly, Maria, yeah. I just want to act. We don't talk about that aspect of the Patreon enough. Yeah. We tell you how amazing and valuable it is for you, but it's also kind of a family. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us are really lonely right now. I mean, Anne Marie, who I love, but she was talking in her testimony. She's way up north in Canada right now. Crazy snow. You know, we're all locked in our apartments. Our Patreon is this amazing community of beautiful souls Mm -hmm. and you're welcome to join. And it is like this family. So if you're feeling even just lonely, join us. We want you and we want you to join our our super heel squad. And everyone helps one another out. It's so beautiful. I got a message the other day from one of our Patreon members asking about something. And then she was like, oh, never mind. Like someone else from our Patreon like, let me know. Someone else from our heel squad told me. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's incredible. Yeah. That is incredible. So it is such a tight-knit family. It's so cool. Like, we are communicating with you guys. They're communicating right back. They're help. It's just, it's beautiful. It's we, a beautiful are, we are one great heel squad. Right. And we're all grateful for each other. Thank you guys so much. Um, in the meantime, follow us at Better Together with Maria at Marie Forleo, at Jeffrey Crane Graham, at Kels Meyer too. And remember, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. And if you're staying off of social media, still go like everything on Better Together. (laughs) Love you guys.
This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or mariamenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.